This is the ATM at the Minute podcast, episode 139. I'm Peter Mitchell alongside Jackson Stover. It is 828 Central Time right now, and we have so much to dive into. We've missed a couple shows, been extremely busy outside of the metaverse here. So we're going to cover a lot for you guys today. The college football playoff rankings came out. I'm sure you've heard about that. Yeah, they're um, dog shit. They are ignorant. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna recap a little NFL in bankroll builders, give our picks for this coming week. Apologies for not putting those out last week. We got them on Twitter. Right, we got them on Twitter. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you also have a Twitter account. Follow us there. A lot of information is there. And then lastly, we're going to play NBA cap or no cap. We've learned quite a bit as the season's rolled on here. We haven't gotten to talk about it as much as we'd like. So let's get right into it. Jackson. Some really dark news came out this morning about oh, bad news. But we're, about, which one are you picking here? I'm gonna leave one story uh, aside here. We're gonna talk about the Oklahoma State Cowboys postseason. Mm. Your team. It's the most recent story that we're covering right now. Just explain to people what happened and tell us how you're feeling. Years ago, we had a coach come over with Brad Underwood, and he did some shady stuff under the table, paying some players. He was actually, yeah, 2017. He actually did jail time at one point and was punished individually for that. And the team had sanctions and originally received a postseason ban, probation, scholarship reduction, all kinds of stuff for last year. We appealed it. Coincidentally, the appeal dragged on until Cade Cunningham, the number one overall pick, was no longer at our school. And now our appeal has finally been heard. And everyone just assumed we would win. Six days before the start of the season. Yeah. Everyone assumed we were going to win this appeal. And there had been no news coming out that indicated anything other could be on the table. And just from previous cases, from similar incidents, all signs pointed to OSU being in the clear. Not the case. We're receiving a postseason ban this year, also receiving three or four years of probation, if not more, and then scholarship reductions as well. So we're getting royally shafted, and I am <laughs> punning on college basketball this year. It sucks for you. Um, I'll be sending you endless amounts of NBA prospect stuff, as I always do. Hopefully, I can keep you entertained with that. We'll um, see. By the way, Kansas is playing an exhibition game against Emporia State tonight, and Bill Self has been chewing out Remy Martin already. He's come out and said, you got to take the good with the bad with him. Just saying this is a preseason Big 12 player of the year. Are you saying you're going to lose to Emporia State tonight, possibly? No, I'm just saying Remy Martin doesn't like to pass sometimes, similar to the Boston Celtics, and Bill Self has a system that he likes to run, and if you don't abide by the system, things can get hairy. But anyways, $300 was given to a player in this OSU deal. Brad Underwood is the head coach of Illinois right now. You know them. Io Sunmu, Kofi Coburn last year, good team. They get zero punishment for 
an offense that happened under his watch. And we've said it countless times on this podcast, Mike Boynton is a class act. He is the finest ambassador the NCAA could possibly have. And he gets punished. It sucks. It's and just stupid. I've, no no current players or coaches that have anything to do with the program were involved with this. It was just, it's just stupid, man. Just stupid. I feel especially bad for the players. Rondo Walker tweeted a picture of him in high school saying, nothing going on here, just me with my high school basketball team when that ish happened. Like, yeah, it sucks. But let's talk about the college football playoff. Yes, from one shafting to another, man, <laughs> Cowboys got shafted. The Sooners got shafted, too. Um, I'm going to start. Did? I, don't, I don't think the Cowboys did. I think the Sooners did. I think the Cowboys got shafted with this NCAA postseason ban. I think oh, the Sooners yeah. got shafted with the college football playoff rankings. But I'm going to start with my top 10. We're going to compare it to the playoff rankings that came out, and then we'll dive deeper into it from there. Number Let's one, go. I have Georgia, of course. Number two, I bumped up Sparty, Michigan State, with an impressive wow. comeback win over Michigan. I think they deserve that number two spot. Number three, I got Cincinnati. Number four, I got OU. Five, I have Bama. Six is where I have Michigan falling down to. Seven, I have Ohio State. Eight, Wake Forest. Nine, Oregon. And then 10, Oklahoma State. And then I went ahead and went to 13 because that's where I drew the line of no one after here could possibly make it into the playoff. I got Notre Dame at 11, Baylor at 12, and I have AM at 13 and think absolute hell would have to break loose for them to be in consideration for the four spot. But they beat Bama and holy shit, the committee loves Bama. So that's got to count for something. That is correct. Um, okay, let's start with Michigan State at number two. Yep. They get a huge comeback win against Michigan this weekend. Kenneth Walker, I'm throwing him up there as Heisman favorite right now. 197 on the ground for five touchdowns. Bryce Young, yes, he's been good, but I just... I, he doesn't deserve it. It's game manager vibes to me. So give give the most outstanding guy that award at this very moment. Agreed. They, and Michigan State's undefeated. Bama's not. What's the biggest takeaway from their win? The resiliency to come back? Yeah, I would say the resiliency. And Michigan didn't dominate the line of scrimmage like I thought they would. And another thing, too, Harbaugh kind of gave that game away. He tried to get too cute with the QB switches. I get McCaffrey is a little bit more mobile compared to McNamara. But when McNamara has like 400 yards through the air, you should probably leave him in the game. Just seemed like pretty poor management on his part. They were up 30 to 14 at one point, And I still like Michigan. I still think they're really good. But... Michigan State won me over here. I expected Michigan to spank them and thought once Michigan hit 30 and had a 16-point lead, it was going to be blowout city. Absolute opposite. So tip my cap to Michigan State, man. I think they deserve to be it too. I saw enough. And Michigan didn't really get dinged. They fall to seven in the first playoff poll here. Yeah, and I've got it at six. Michigan State does play Purdue. This weekend on the road, that screams trap game to me. Something to monitor there. What stands out to you next? You had Cincy and OU at three and four. Yeah. They had decent wins. I mean, Cincy which struggled one a little you, early. Which one bothers you more? In what sense? OU being at eight or Cincy being at six? Yeah, if we just want to go ahead and look at the, the 
playoff rankings here, I think Cincy being at six, I have a bigger problem with because they at least have a win over Notre Dame, which the committee thinks is a really good team. I mean, that's, you know, a top 10 team, depending on the way you look at it. And OU, they don't have that big marquee victory. I mean, you could say Texas maybe, but I think with Cincinnati, they've handled business in all of their games. They didn't have any scares like OU has made me just a little bit more uneasy. And I think their schedule has been easier as well. But both of them deserve to be higher than they are. They're undefeated. They've played real teams. Since he scheduled, yeah, it's kind of easy. But they at least handled business against the one really good team they played. And with OU, they still got Baylor. They still got Iowa State. They still have Oklahoma State. There's still a lot to be seen with them. So I'm it's not a ready. loaded schedule. Right. And I'm not ready to press the panic button as much with them because I think as they pick up these anticipated victories over quality teams, they are going to move up the rankings, especially if some of them are in considerably decisive fashion. Whereas Cincinnati, they don't have shit left to prove. They don't play anybody like they're really hurting and just going to have to hope for losses in front of them. Cause I don't know how else they're going to get in at this point. The Cincinnati one definitely bothers me more, mainly because Ohio state is sitting at number five. Pause. Oregon is at four, and that is I know. 10 we'll times that. worse, dude. Continue with the Ohio State. Ohio State, I just don't understand what the committee's criteria really is here. Some people say it's the quality of your big wins, who you played, who have you beaten, what's what stands out, what's impressive. Ohio State's best win came this last weekend at home against a Penn State team that who's now fallen has off losses. a little bit. You look at Cincinnati, they go on the road. They beat the number 10 team, Notre Dame, by 11 in South Bend. There's no there's no rhyme or reason why they shouldn't be at least five. And then Oregon sitting at four. I mean, come on now. The I'll tell you why. love Ohio State. Ohio State's going to sell a hell of a lot more tickets. And it's, you know, the, the name on the jersey, on the helmet type thing. It, it's Ohio State. You know, they've been there before. They're that good. The committee seems like they like to give people the benefit of the doubt a little bit. And sometimes years or teams that are a year past their prime still kind of get that love. I think that's happening with Bama. I think it's happening with Ohio State. And I don't think either of them are as good as where the committee has them. Bama does not deserve to be two. I'll tell you that. I mean, Michigan State being behind them and they're undefeated in the Big Ten and just got a top five win. What the hell is going on there? How is Bama in front of them? makes no freaking sense and it's not like Bama has had this super tough schedule they played two ranked teams and they handled business but it was Florida and Ole Miss and neither of them are even that good right now I mean Ole Miss is still in the top 25 but Florida isn't I don't get what there is to see with Bama that warrants them being in the top four let alone number two and then we look at Oregon at number four they suck they are not that good. They have had one good game against Ohio State that was impressive, and then they lost to a sub-500 team. I don't get it. I mean, the fact that they're Oregon and they have a top draft pick in Kayvon Thibodeau, so they're going to sell a ton of tickets. Maybe you bump them up there because that. Like, it just doesn't make sense. The Pac-12 is no good. They don't have any good victories other than Ohio State. What, beating UCLA on the road? You want to mark that as a marquee victory? Because that doesn't really impress me that much. It's baffling, and also because the Ohio State team they beat in Week 2 I don't think is the same team 
the Ohio State is now. C.J. Stroud was up and down at the start of the season. He's kind of come into his own. People are throwing him up in the Heisman discussion. The secondary is finally healthy. The new DC is finally making adjustments and getting a little bit more in his bag in terms of what he's throwing at offenses and different looks where the first couple weeks they had a very plain Jane defensive look. It was not hard to move the ball on them. They didn't make a ton of adjustments and they were really thin in the secondary. They didn't have a they didn't have the level of talent out there that you're used to seeing in Ohio State secondaries. Right. So final takeaway Cincinnati should be ahead of both Oregon and Ohio State in my book. If you want to put those two teams ahead of Oklahoma, I'm totally fine with it. OU is going to control its own destiny most likely. Maybe, man. Oregon might lose again and stay ahead of them. We will see. And one other takeaway. Wake Forest checks in at number nine. If the right committee... behind OU. They, they value Wake Forest and OU in the same ballpark is what that's telling me. I don't understand that because they haven't beaten a single ranked team. Their best win is Virginia. That means nothing to me. So, yeah. You know who else controls their own fate? Who? Oklahoma State, man. If we went out and we beat OU twice, I really think we get in. I mean, what, we're three spots behind OU right now? Why would we not move up the boards if OU could? Yeah, it's... It's difficult to make sense of what they've done here. Um, Other week nine notes. I do want to shout out Travion Henderson of Ohio State. This guy, preseason Heisman favorite next year. Throwing that up. I'm placing my future right now by stopping him. Um, Iowa is officially fraudulent. Oklahoma State rolled my Jayhawks. Didn't give up a first down in the first half. How impressive is that? I saw you tweet about that, and I was like, are you really bragging about this? Like, Dude, I've never seen that. I've never Jayhawk. seen a team not pick up a single first down and a half. Okay. Um, and the the one big story to me, Baylor comes back and beats Texas. Yeah. Texas now has, what is that? OU, Oklahoma State, Baylor. That's three huge leads they've blown in the second half. Yeah, and Sarkeesian had the team watch Free Solo, the documentary, to demonstrate what focus is getting the Clearly job didn't done. Work. You know, you know this doc, Free Solo, Alex Honnold. No, climbs. but I do know he has an assistant coach who married a stripper, left his yeah. wife for her, and had a monkey that bit a trick or treater. But yeah, back to the movie. I just thought it was really ironic that the. The guys in the booth clearly had a production meeting and learned this. Right. This dude literally climbs El Capitan in Yosemite. It's a 900-foot rock wall without any ropes, bindings, whatever you want to call them. I don't know the terminology. Yeah. And then they blow the lead yet again. He's he's not even a year into his six-year, $34 million deal. How On long do you think seat? he lasts? I don't no, know. No, no, no. I don't know. If, if they lose a couple more games, shit. They have more money than what they can do with it, so it's not like they're going to be worried financially about replacing him. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish at 6-6. Six and six, He's gone. Nah, he he deserves definitely one more year. They've been know, in man. these games, man. Like I don't think they suck. 
They're four and four. No, they're but good. I still kind of think they're good. They can beat anybody. I think they could go beat Alabama if they play their A game and Bama has a few mistakes. Like I, I really do think they have that level of talent. Yeah. And I like Thompson a lot, their QB. I think he's really freaking good. But I think they struggle in second halves of getting a little bit too pass happy. They establish the run early. Dejon Robinson just goes freaking nuts in the first half of games. It allows them to open the passing game up. They're taking shots in the third quarter. Everything's going good. And they just get pass happy, pass happy, pass happy. Defenses adjust. And then all of a sudden, the game's neck and neck or they're behind. And they got no choice but to throw the ball more and just get completely one-dimensional. I think getting away from the running game is what's been the problem in every single lead they've blown. But at the same time, their defense can't ever get stops. And it's just insane, man. I don't know if it's it's one of those things where it's building on itself. Like the offense is pass happy. They go a quick three and out, throwing the ball, don't chew any clock. Defense has to get right back out there and just gets exhausted. I don't know. But they have guys on their defensive team every single year that are getting drafted. I mean, the level of talent on that side of the ball for them is comparable to nearly anyone else in the country other than maybe Bama and Georgia. And these guys find a way to give up 40, 50, 60 points every year in games they shouldn't. I don't get it. I don't get it. The talent's there. Hypothetically, the coaching is there. I, I just don't understand where the disconnect is and how these guys can't figure it out. 100% agree. Looking ahead to week 10... Your Cowboys are going to Morgantown. West Virginia just beat Iowa State. Yeah. Huge letdown from them. Are you concerned at all there? A little bit, but we've been decent with West Virginia, and we are only a three-and-a-half-point favorite, which makes me a little nervous, but I think our defense will be fine. Um, Feels right. Their offense is not what it's been in the past back when Holgerson was there and they could really fling it around. Even like when they had Will Greer, it's just not the same. I mean, the only way West Virginia wins this game is if our offense struggles mightily and Sanders turns the ball over, throws a pick six or offers up a scoop and score fumble and it winds up being a 17-13 ball game. That's the only way West Virginia wins this, I think. Liberty plays at Ole Miss at 11 a.m. on the SEC Network. Hey, if your NFL team doesn't have a quarterback, you better tune into this one. Malik Willis, Matt Corral, two of the best prospects of this season. Dude, Willis is getting hyped up a lot. Like he he might be the first quarterback off the board. Yeah, hundred percent. My my guys, DJ and Bucky Brooks, love the guy. Uh, next game, number twelve Auburn at number fourteen Texas A and M. That's probably the game of the weekend. I think they're both kind of overrated, man. I I don't, and it's so annoying too because whoever gets the win is probably going to jump Oklahoma State in the rankings because oh look at this quality SEC victory, a top (laughs) fifteen team because the committee's got a freaking foot up their ass and put them that high. Like it just, then the other's going to have three losses and probably stay in the top twenty. One of the most uh, influential guys on the committee is the Kentucky AD, so he's probably pulling some strings there. How about Mississippi um, State, five and three at seventeen, ranked seventeen, and they're five and three. I, I'm leaving that one alone. Last two games: LSU at Bama and Oregon at Washington. I'm circling every single Oregon game, just waiting for them to lose. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I think they will eventually, and 
Washington isn't great, but Oregon's only a seven-point favorite, so Vegas is seeing what we're seeing. They're not thinking that they're a shoe-in to just go thump Washington. All right. Anything else on the college football front? No, I think that's all I got. Um, One other team, putting them on upset alert right now. Got a funky feeling. Ohio State going into Nebraska. I know Nebraska's three and six, but they've weirdly hung tough with a lot of good teams. (laughs) I'm just saying they had Penn State circled. That's been their biggest game of the year other than Oregon. I think maybe they have a little letdown week. Heads get a little big seeing their number five in the new playoff poll. Not saying that Nebraska's going to win, but I think it might be surprisingly close. Okay. Bankroll builders, let's get into it. All right, Peter, it's been a very, very rough season of bankroll builders for me. I thought I had the lock of the century in my tees last weekend with the Bengals. They just had to win, and Tampa Bay was getting five points. They just had to keep it close. Jameis goes down. Tampa Bay still shits the bed. Bengals get up 11 with like two and a half minutes left versus the Jets and find a way to lose that game, and holy cow, man, I missed everything. I, I had the the no good, very bad Sunday for bankroll builders, and I am down to a mere 1.5 units. It's time for a little miracle action this week. Where are you at? Well, I put out a big old thread of my analysis, rationale for all my picks, was feeling great. And how'd it turn out? I only lost one on the week. Okay, But on the bad. surface... My bets looked like shit. Let's start I, thought, with I thought you told me you were down to one unit when you texted me. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel a little bit better because I got killed no. this weekend too. No, no, no. I'm still up 11 and a half units on the year. Just lost one. And the Good lesson deal. learned. I'm glad you got the bank ready in case I need a loan. <laughs> yeah. Lesson learned. One that I already knew from earlier in the season was don't touch the Lions. Yeah, I, had I did a that too. I did that too. Everybody did. The public was a bunch of squares this week. My dog's parlay was the Lions over the Eagles, the Jags over the Seahawks. I broke a cardinal rule in here. I don't ever bet on rat teams. I I threw two in one parlay. Stupid. I mean, I did also. I threw the Washington football team in with the freaking Detroit Lions. How bad of a bet was that in retrospect? That's not as bad as betting on the Lions and the Jags. Yes, that's true. The Jags is a little bit of a step up there. But hey, man, you're up, out of a, you're up like 13 units. You get to do what you want. Coming out of a bye week, Urban Meyer's team gets flagged for 12 men on the field two plays in a row in that game. <laughs> he should have been fired on the spot right there. Yeah. And then I had... I threw the Vikings over the Cowboys as an emotional hedge. I thought these first two were just locks. I'm an idiot. And Cooper Rush, what a story. He comes in there and gets it done in the Purple Palace. Kirk Cousins on primetime. Shat the bed yet again. Go Dallas, Dallas held the Vikings to one for 13 on third down conversions. Really impressive. impressive. Dude, I got the Cooper Rush flashbacks. I got I got PTSD from him at Central Michigan going into Boone oh Pickens and upsetting gosh. the pokes, man. I was getting the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> he was the quarterback, wasn't he? Yep. Oh, man. Um, and then I had a one and a half units on the Bucks saints under 50. That flew over. I thought the Saints were going to keep that as a close game. 
I didn't envision it being a high-scoring close game. And Tom Brady gave the Saints some points as well. That didn't help. Right, right. And then my win was one and a half units, Steelers plus three and a half at the Browns. I was all over that one. They've owned this team historically. Browns are banged up. Baker's not right. Jack Conklin left the game injured. Give me Mike Tomlin how all about, day. I, I love Mike Tomlin, but how stupid was the decision to go for that fake field goal instead of taking the lead and trying to get the touchdown, and then Boswell gets knocked out and gets a concussion, and they don't have a kicker? How it stupid was, was that? It was so stupid. Like, you need the three points. Yeah, it's not like you're going to be in a 42-38 to 38 shootout. Like, take your three when you can freaking get them. Yeah, Big Ben is not going to light up the scoreboard, but I love that Tomlin goes into the press conference, completely owns his mistake. That's the type of coach players want to play for. He's a real one. Yeah. I Before the season, I was saying if Mike McCarthy blows it yet again in Dallas, Mike Tomlin would be my dream guy. I don't think he would ever lose. Good luck. Yeah. Anyways, let's go ahead to week nine. I'm going to start it off since I believe you only have one wager yeah, this week. Yeah, you probably got a lot more uh, a lot more action than me. All right. Well, I took a week off from the well. That was the two-team tease. Right, and it is up back. There. Have you missed yet? No, not on the two-team tease. Shit. Okay. I'm starting out. I'm going with 3.2 units to win two and a half. Okay. It's a six and a half point tease instead of just six points. Okay. Okay. Odds are a little worse. I got Rams minus one at home against the Derrick Henry list Tennessee Titans. Yeah. I I like that, but Darian Abram, actually, a good friend of the show, need to have him back on soon. He texted me yesterday and was like, the Rams are a lock in a parlay, right? or not a parlay, excuse me, in a teaser. I was like, they should be. I guess it'd be the same thing, essentially, parlay or teaser. But I just got a weird feeling about the Titans. It, it, I, don't, I couldn't give you any logic, any no, factual basis, but just seems like one of those weird games, man. The Titans have been weird this year. Yeah, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team. But the thing is, when they get into these close games, it's they have, Henry who they they have a threat that... Is Derrick Henry? Nobody wants to tackle him. Right. He balls out in the fourth quarter overtime. They don't have that element. I like the way that the Rams match up as well. Jalen Ramsey on AJ, AJ Brown. Brown. That's a really great matchup. The Titans secondary stinks. Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford. If you're playing DFS, throw them out there yet again. Yeah, and I like. This is an aside. Van Jefferson as a fantasy pickup. The rest of the way, they just he's been released. a hot waiver wire ad. He just released Deshaun Jackson. He's clearly the third guy, and he's earned that spot. He's played pretty well. Agreed. You can tell Stafford likes him and definitely has more rapport with him than he did Jackson, and I think that's probably why Jefferson was getting the snaps. Also, Rams with a huge pickup of Vaughn Miller before the trade deadline. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's going to be active this weekend, but holy shit, that defense is just star-studded. Thank you for throwing that in there. I did not want to overlook that this week. Gotcha. Second leg, my Dallas Cowboys. Uh-oh, uh-oh. The, the Broncos, I, right? They got the Broncos in Dallas. The reason I went with the six-and-a-half-point tees was to get from nine down through the field goal to two-and-a-half. Okay, I thought it was a 10. It being a nine makes a lot more sense. Right. Just got to win by a field goal over a crap 
Denver team that started 3 and 0 because they played the Giants, Jags, and Jets. Since week 3, they have looked like a Jackson special poo poo pee pee. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Dallas is 7 and 0 against the spread. We just saw them take advantage of Minnesota. They really should have lost that game. No letdown game here, though? You don't think there's a chance that the Cowboys walk in there thinking they're going to win because they're the Cowboys and they've had such a great start to the year and then somehow Denver hits them with a desperation gut punch? That'd be the only thing I could come up with playing devil's advocate on why that might not hit. I know. Uh, I don't think so. Denver just traded their best player. That's true. That's true. That helps. Tyron Smith was on the sidelines in the Minnesota game. Yeah. Um, so we have the depth on the offensive line, not really concerned about their defense. Dak's going to be back 95% chance. I was going to say, are you sure? Week. Don't jinx it. The way it. it's sounding. Gary's saying it. Mike McCarthy came out on Monday, really surprised me and said, yeah, Dak's a go this week. I was like, what? Are you concerned? Because some of the quotes that I saw were a little alarming about how he think that maybe the calf and the ankle have to do with each other. And maybe the way that he's favoring one leg or the other could be causing problems and maybe a long-term issue type thing. You worried about that? Honestly, I would be okay with Dak not playing this week. The schedule is pretty yeah. cake. Still have the Falcons. They the have vision this, is dog water. They have the Jameisless Saints on there. The Chiefs have been up and down. That's that feels a lot more winnable than it did at the beginning of the year. And yeah, the division <laughs> sucks. So I think they'd be fine and would still have a chance to win with Rush. They have playmakers everywhere, man. When you're Hot fourth take, receiver, Cowboys better with Cooper Rush than Dak Prescott. <laughs> Are the are the states better with Trevor Simeon? That might know. be that could be an actual question. Yeah. Um, but when your fourth receiver is going for 75 yard catching runs and throwing it to CD Lamb on a rope on a rollout, I feel great about this team. There's no way they lose this game. Okay. I'd say that teaser probably has about a, a 80 to 85% chance of hitting. I'll give you that. Looks pretty solid. Yeah, Titans scare me, but without Henry, I just think it's going to be too much. Are it's they going to the right be able bet. to integrate Adrian Peterson that quickly? Probably not. And he's it like 37. cracks me up that they signed him. Dude, he's got to be like 45 at this point. Yeah, I don't know. That's my first pick. Oh, also shout out Micah Parsons, NFC Defensive Player of the Week. He's looked really good, and I hate to say <laughs> that. such a stud. All right. The one bet that I have this week. A little bit of a Hail Mary. Not entirely. It is a parlay, and it does have three legs. But all of them are favorites. First leg, the Ravens at home off a bye versus the Vikings, who just got embarrassed in prime time. Give me the Ravens. I think they blow them out of the water. Now, there is a chance it could be a weird bounce-back game for the Vikings, but I just think coming off a bye fully healthy, Lamar's going to dominate. Let me interject right here. Okay. My my only other pick this week is a parlay. I think I have two of your teams. Oh, shit. Okay. The Ravens are one of them. Okay. Glad you agree. Second leg. I don't think you have this one. I think you have the third one. But second leg, Cardinals minus 120 at 49ers. Are you concerned about Kyler Murray not playing this week? Yeah, if he doesn't play, that's 
not good, but I think he's going <laughs> uh, to. You got you're on your last unit. You might be betting on Colt McCoy here. Hey man, anything's possible. But at the same time, <laughs> I don't trust the 49ers. I don't like what they've got. I know Jimmy G looked a little bit better this last week, but at the end of the day, I don't trust him and I have no problem betting against him. I think Kyler will play. And even if he's a little bit limited, I'm not worried. I think the fact that they played on Thursday night and he's had extra rest is really going to be a big benefit for him. I think he will be good to go. But that is one big problem of locking these in on Wednesday. It's tough to know. That line's probably going to move around if Kyler is for sure going to play. The money line probably moves to minus 140, minus 150, maybe even minus 160, but I still take that. I like the Cardinals. Last leg that I have here. Also, I think they're going to have a major bounce back game. Like I said, they get the additional rest. First loss of the year. That's got to have woken them up and motivated them even more. They're going to be fine, okay? We'll readdress this maybe if Kyler doesn't play. Colt McCoy would change things, but I think as of right now, Kyler will be playing. No reason not to believe that. Last leg, definitely have this in your parlay. I already know. Chargers minus 125 yeah. at the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. That line just said free money. I know they've been bad lately. I know the public probably is pissed off at them and screw the Chargers. They've looked like shit the last few weeks. The Eagles stink, okay? The Eagles are not good. And if you think that Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert aren't going to come back with a better approach and fix things, you are very foolish because these two guys are too good to do that, okay? The Chargers are legit. I know the run defense is not very good, but the Eagles have no run game, so there's no problem there. And Mike Williams has been banged up. I think that's been part of why the passing attack hasn't been quite as good, but it's a few weeks since he was originally injured. He should be closer to 100%. I think the Chargers have a huge statement win and roll the Eagles something like 38-17. to 17. Okay. A lot to unpack. One other note on the Cardinals. A.J. Green tested positive for COVID. He will be out of that game. I think that's fine. They would be undefeated right now if A.J. Green wouldn't have played <laughs> in the last game. There's the dig on him. Um, One okay. was coming. You know it had to. Let's talk about the Chargers. Yeah. They have been a little bit concerning. But if we're being honest, these last two losses came against quality opponents. The Patriots may be 4-4. Four and four, Could be 7-1. and one. Yeah. Fumble the ball against the Dolphins in the red zone week one. Probably should have won that. Missed field goal against the Bucks, probably should have won that. The game could have gone differently against Dallas. They could very well be 7-1. and one. Yep. Mac Jones has been the best rookie quarterback. And Bill Belichick is the first coach to beat Justin Herbert two times in his NFL career. The guy just knows how to draw up things and make things difficult on young quarterbacks. Everyone knows that. So I'm not going to overreact to that too much. I do like Staley over Sirianni. This team is much more talented than the Lions, obviously much more talented than the Eagles. And they have the personnel to tear tear them apart over the middle. I yeah, like I them here. Only way the Chargers lose this game is if Boston Scott goes for 120. And I'll Which, take my chances. I'm I'm a little bit concerned about that because the Chargers' really? biggest weakness is their run defense and Boston I know, Scott. But the Jordan Eagles Howard. will have a run game. I mean, sure, they they kind of showed one last week in a hodgepodge game there, but 
Did that really convince you they could beat the Chargers? Because it didn't for me. No, I just wouldn't be surprised if this came down to the wire somehow. The really? Eagles, the Eagles did cover against the Bucks. They just have yeah, been this hairy time. team. I'm just saying, don't watch this game if you bet on it. But I like the Chargers to win. The Ravens throw it, up, throw it on at halftime if it's like 28 to three Chargers. But that's probably about the only way I'd want to. Right. The Ravens, on the other hand, they're coming off a bye. Lamar is playing some of the best ball of his career, passing the ball really well. Rashad Bateman has had two solid starts to start his career. Coming off a bye, look for him to get further integrated into this offense with Hollywood and Mark Andrews. I think Lamar is going to play great in this spot. Daniil Hunter for the Vikings. Torres Peck against Dallas. He's out for the year. That's their best pass rusher. I like this. It could be a track meet. Kirk Cousins ain't in prime time, and he's got weapons. It'll be a good game here, but I like the Ravens to win. I'm with you 100%. I already gave my spiel on that. Just checked. Six hours ago, Cardinals Kyler Murray should be quote-unquote good to go versus 49ers. Things can change, but yes, very encouraging. I was a little bit worried. I know he's been questionable, but I just kind of, when any big player is questionable, I always just operate under the assumption that they're going to play unless I hear something to indicate otherwise. Probably not the best for bankroll builder's sake, but you can't pass up on a good line because there's a chance a guy might not play. When dudes are questionable, it's really like they're probable. If someone's doubtful, then it's like, oh, shit, he really might not play. But in today's day and age, questionable really means probable. You know what I'm saying? Sort of. Let's go with it. Kadarius <laughs> Tony was questionable all last week, and he played. There you go. What are the odds on your parlay? Oh, yeah, thank you. Totally forgot to give that. 1.5 is what I have on it to win 5.5. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like little, it. Well, almost four to one payout. All right, Need I have it. a Chargers Ravens plus one forty four money line parlay. Not great odds, but whatever. Let's have some fun. And then my teaser, two team six and a half point tease. Rams minus one at home against the Derrick Henryless Titans. Dak Prescott back minus two and a half versus the Denver Broncos. And how Dallas. many units do you have on both those bets? Remind me again. 3.2 to win 2.5 on right. the teaser. One the unit to win 1.4. Oh, so you're, kind of, you're playing it a little safe this week. Yeah, you know. My, I, I've been doing some stuff on the side of my balance, so... Oh, all right. You got that passive income coming in? No, I, I just don't want to have to pay if I were to hit the bubble. Oh, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thursday night football is the Colts and the Jets this week. Are you betting on Mike White as a 10.5-point dog? I think you gotta if you're going to bet on this game. I feel better about Mike White with 10.5 than I would Carson Wentz needing to cover 10.5. And And I don't know, dude. It's just one of those weird games that I think anything could happen. I don't think we're going to see the Mike White performance that we saw against the Bengals where he throws for 400 plus yards and is damn near perfect aside from the two interceptions. But I think this could be a ball game and the Jets could keep it close. Michael Carter's coming along. Elijah Moore's coming along. It seems like that offense is actually starting to figure some things out. And 
just could be a freaking close game. And I, 10 and a half points, man, that could be a 17 point game. And then Carson Wentz throws a pick six with five or six minutes left like that. I, I just, I would prefer not to have Wentz in that many points. And I'm even kind of a yeah. Wentz supporter. So yeah. Yes, you are. Michael Carter <laughs> leads all rookie running backs in scrimmage yards. He's projected for a huge week in fantasy. I know, know it's it, sleeper and Yahoo and ESPN, it varies, but I mean, 13 to 16 points is what I'm seeing him projected in most leagues. He's got eight and nine catches each of the last two weeks, so he's racking them up. Yeah, you know who's got him jet. in our dynasty league? You. You're damn right. <laughs> Yeah, give me Mike White plus 10 and a half here. I don't trust Wentz uh, getting that many points. And say what you want, the Jets defense front can actually come out some come out some weeks. They got to Burrow. They got to Burrow. Well, that's not saying a lot with that offensive line. but <laughs> I guess that's true. Another thing on it, maybe if you're just bored and insistent on having some action on this Thursday night game, the best bet I have for you, tease the Jets. You get it to 16 and a half, maybe even by the half point, similar to Peter's teaser. And then you get the over at 39.5 or 39. If you get the extra half point, there's going to be at least 39 points scored in this game. There's no way there's not you with me on that. Dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge this game with a 10-foot pole if I'm I being honest. I don't plan on it, but I think that's the only thing I would even consider taking would be teasing the Jets in the over. Okay, I think the Colts win for sure, but that's interesting. I, w- I wouldn't say for sure. I just, I don't know. I think they're a loss away from crumbling. Three and five, that's tough. I know they have a very easy second half, but they're a couple losses away from the season being about over. And then benching went so they don't lose their first round pick to the Eagles. Yep, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will talk more NFL this coming episode. I do want to dive into the Chiefs a little bit. I read a great piece by Shield Kapadia talking about their think, struggles. Would you take them this week with Aaron Rodgers and who knows how Again, many other Packers being out? I just am not betting the Chiefs at all. I will not bet on this team until I see the tide change. It's too risky. You don't know what you're going to get. And And eight points is a lot. Jordan Love might be really good. Yeah, I I think teams have figured out how to play the Chiefs. Okay, quick spiel. Follow follow Brian Baldinger on Twitter. This guy just breaks up film clips or breaks them down. Trey Smith, the right guard of the Chiefs, He was a fourth-round pick, five-star recruit, went to Tennessee, had a heart condition. That's why he fell to the fourth round. This dude is mauling people. The Chiefs need to run the ball. They have a good run offensive line. Orlando Brown was with the best best run team two seasons in a row in Baltimore. That is his strength. He's getting holding calls every week in the pass game. Maybe that's because Mahomes drops back too far. But Lamar does kind of the same stuff, you know? Like, Lamar would take deep drops and scramble around and pull stuff out of his ass and make plays happen when nothing's there. He doesn't do the crazy... He's not as mistake-prone as Mahomes has been. That's fair. You don't see Lamar backpedal 25 feet before throwing a pass to the line of scrimmage ever. Right. So I'm saying 
follow these big dogs. Creed and Trey Smith have been great as rookies. Blow it up this week against the Packers. Pound the rock. Make life easier on Patrick Mahomes. If teams are going to play two high safeties, not let Tyreek get over the top of the defense, and they're going to bracket Travis Kelsey, do something different. Make the defense respect you. I think they have good enough guys up front to make teams respect them, load the box a little heavier. Teams aren't blitzing Get some play action going and actually pose a threat in the run game where teams aren't just banking on it being a pass. Yes, this is the least Mahomes has been blitzed in his entire career uh, per play. And then also, they're just getting light boxes. Play to the strength of that offensive line. Okay, two questions. First one, if Odell gets released... Do you want to see him in a Chiefs uniform? I asked I asked my friend Jake this today. He's a season ticket holder, and he said, absolutely not. I was just waiting for you to get mad at me and tell me to take that shit somewhere else because there's no way. No. no. Second I question. I am so far off Odell. I know he, you are. That I was trying to poke at you by asking that. I didn't think you would actually say yes or even yeah, consider no. it a real question. Absolutely Second not. question. If you had to take your best guess, water gun to your head, what is the Chiefs' final record after Week 17? You're going to make me pull the schedule up. You don't have to pull it up. You can just throw a number at me. They're 4-4 four and four right now? Yep. Okay. I'll give them the win this week, 5-4. and four. Okay. I think they split with the Raiders. That's 6-5. and five. I think Dallas might get them. 6-6. Six and six. <laughs> Then you got the Broncos. They Seven beat the Broncos six. twice, eight and six. Chargers, they, what happens? They went two out of three against the Steelers, Chargers, Bengals. So you got them at what, 11 and six or 10 and That's seven? 10 and seven. 10 and seven. I think they can get to 11 and six, but that's Nine shaky, Nine or 10 man. wins for sure. That's shaky. What if that's, they miss the playoffs? Nine, 10 wins will make the playoffs. I don't know about nine. I don't know if nine and eight is going to get them in. Because <laughs> I think the Raiders days. and Chargers are both going to be at nine and eight or better. I think they got to get to at least 10, maybe even 11. We'll see. Um, a lot they, of football left to be played. Right. And the AFC North looks like anyone's for the taking right now. I think I would pick the Ravens to come out on top at this juncture. I could see it being the Steelers, as weird as that is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. There's, there's no telling on that one. Literally could be any four of the teams. Right. More NFL coming on the next episode. We want to talk about some big picture stuff because we haven't in a minute outside of Bankroll Builders. Jackson, it is time for some NBA cap or no cap. Yes, it is. I have got the first question for you, and it is about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Cap or no cap, the Thunder are a lock to have two lottery picks this year. Cap. Okay. The reason why is because you said lock. And for context, for those of you listening, Mm -hmm. the Thunder have the Clippers 2022 first round draft pick. If you haven't been paying attention, the Clippers, the Clippers stink. They're two and four. 
I did my should notes. be one in five if OKC finished that game off. Yeah, I did my notes for this a couple of nights ago. So some of these numbers may be slightly different, but it won't be by much. Okay. Going into the Clippers Thunder game two nights ago, the Clippers were twenty seventh in offensive rating, but I thought eighth, they would have been thirtieth, but eighth in defense, and that's their calling card. They have they got guys on the wings who can play D. Marcus Morris. PG. They're he going is not the issue. Yeah, Abaka has been cleared to practice. I expect him to come back by December at the latest. I wouldn't bank on it, man. I don't know if that back's ever gonna let him really play on a consistent basis. We'll see. But the question for me is can they turn the offensive around? Eric Bledsoe, I'm not banking on him to do that. No, and then... he's worthless. He's gonna fall out of the rotation eventually. Reggie Jackson is shooting. 29% from three yep. on nearly 10 attempts per night. He is not the same guy we saw in the playoffs right but he now. he thinks he is. He thinks he is. He's, so, he's the key. Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard. If those guys can each put up 15 to 22 a night, they got a chance. If they don't, they just don't have anyone that can score it or generate jack diddly squat other than PG. Terrence Mann will have a good year too, but yeah, they should be concerned. The question coming back to you is, are there five teams in the West worse than them? And I have three easy locks. That is the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Pelicans. And I think that's where I draw the line. I think the Kings might be better than the Clippers this year. I mean, you already know how I feel about the Clippers. I bet them to miss the playoffs, and I feel damn good about that. I don't know know if I'd go to say it's a lock. But I feel pretty freaking confident the Clippers are not going to figure out a way to be 500 or better. This is the same. Unless Kawhi comes back. It's the same group that got it done against the Jazz in the playoffs. And you look at the Jazz, they're the best team in the West. And they're probably going to be this whole regular season. It's the playoffs. And it's a whole different game, man. It's a whole different game. It is, but these guys have experience. They know how to win. I just think it's early. They've been to the postseason a few years in a row now. It's been a grind for them. And then I look at these other teams. This is who it's up against. The Spurs, the Kings, and the Timberwolves. I think the Clippers will likely be better than the Spurs and the Kings. And the Wolves, I don't know. But that would I don't put think they're them- better than any of them. That would put them in the play-in. All they have to do is play playoff basketball, win a couple games, they're in the playoffs, the Thunder don't get a lottery pick. Mm, Hope it doesn't happen, but we'll see. I just don't think they have anyone that can generate enough offense outside of PG. I think the playoffs last year was a great opportunity for everyone sitting at home not there to look at them and figure out how are we going to stop them next year with no Kawhi. And I also think they got hot at the right time. Reggie Jackson couldn't freaking miss, man. The dude was, we saw a blip on the radar of his career, the greatest outlier that I think I've ever seen of a single player who's been mediocre their whole career in the playoffs, and there is no guarantee that ever happens again, man. He could have just got hot for a few weeks, and it's as simple as that. Let's do another fun one here. All right, The hit me. Bulls and the Knicks will finish as top four seeds, cap or no cap? I think that's cap. I like the Bulls. I think there's a very good cap chance they both. do finish. Uh, cap for the Knicks for damn sure, and I'll say no cap for the Bulls. I think they probably get the four or five. I'll go ahead and say four, but 
people are overreacting about the Nets and the Bucks. They're going to be up there. They're going to be just fine. You also have the Hawks in the mix, which they could maybe get the three seed. They're probably who the Bulls are going to be competing with, I would guess. Maybe the Celtics figure it out too. Or, or who Philly. gets the three seed? I think the three seed's probably going to be either the Sixers or the Hawks. And then I like the Bulls okay. at four or five. And, you got and the then Bucks. Celtics probably at four or five. Yeah, I got the Bucks, Bucks and, and Nets, Nets one and two. two. Okay. Yeah. And I think the Knicks probably fall in that six, seven, or eight range. I just don't think they have the talent. What they did last year is awesome, but the East collectively got a lot better. And I think with this Bulls team, the thing that's going to kill them is losing Patrick Williams. They just don't really have the depth at forward. They're starting Javante Green right now, and I love their closing five of DeRozan, Levine, Caruso, Lonzo, and Vooch. I think that's a really solid five, but when you get past those five, Man, I don't really like the rest of the roster. So we'll see what happens. They've been great in crunch time, great in the fourth quarter. Those five that I named are, by depending on what statistic you look at, the best five in the league right now. So they've clearly got something good going, but all it's going to take is one of those guys going down for two to three months, and next thing you know, they're in the play-in. You're a little higher on Chicago than I am. Really? You don't like what you've seen? Did you see that Celtics game? I I didn't catch it all a little bit. Okay. I love what I've seen just from a basketball fan perspective. I agree that the Williams loss is going to hurt quite a bit. The offense is not the question with this team. They've, they produce really well. DeMar DeRozan can hoop. He's balling. If you forgot. You put so up what, can. 37 tonight and against Boston. Right. Um. Yeah. Closing lineups. Great. They don't have the depth to do this all season long. They they are going to get Kobe White I back, agree with that. who hasn't yes, that, played a game. That will help, but he's not really what they need. They need right. some wings. They need some wings that can defend and can generate offense for themselves. Same. I like the minutes Io Desunmu's given them so far. He's going to bring the energy and defense. Yeah, solid there. But I actually feel better about the Knicks no. finishing as a top four seed. No They're way. deep. They have Tom Thibodeau as their coach who's going to ride their guys in the regular season. They're going to play long minutes. They are deep. That is true. But they are missing stars, man. They're missing stars. (laughs) I don't know. Julius Randle is likely to make an all-star game. Again, R.J. Barrett is making another leap. I think he's going to. He's going to have a really good year. He's shooting the ball well, 38% from deep so far. Most improved player conversation, maybe? No, because I think the most improved Damn player. It. I was is hoping you'd go to... back on that. I no. threw that at you when we did the, the preseason futures pod and you shot me down really fast. I was hoping you changed your mind. No, it's it's going to be Jar. It's Miles it's Bridges be, right now. It's Jar or Miles Bridges. Someone is going to have to make the All Star game to win that. Um, but look at okay. it Kimba, Rose. Your guy quickly. That's yeah. three nice guards. Shooters. Fournier's been solid. Give it to him. Burks. He's he can hit shots. I don't know, man. I just like this team. And they come out, they play hard every night. Lost to the Pacers tonight. It is what it is. But I would bet on them getting that top four spot over the Bulls. 
I just don't see it, man. I think also, sure, you've seen resurgence in rows, and we're starting to see a little bit of it with Kimba. But at the end of games, if either or both of them are on the court, teams are going to relentlessly attack them. And I know Tibbs is a great defensive coach, but there are certain one-on-one matchups that you can just expose, and both of those guys are exposable. Kick me the next one. All right. The Miami Heat could go seven games with the Brooklyn Nets, cap or no cap. And let's start under the assumption that there is no Kyrie and go from there. I was going to say. That changes things depending on either one. But let's start with no Kyrie. What do you think? No cap. This was a noticeable omission from your top four. The Miami Heat. Uh have been the best team in basketball thus far. League leading, 16.5 net rating going into the Dallas game last night. Yeah. They won that. Number one. They're probably going to be in that two or three seed. I did omit them. That could make it a little tougher for the Bulls, but still doable. Number one defense in the league, top five offense. The Jazz net rating is number two at 13. And it drops to Philly at 8.5 at three. Like these two teams are a cut Miami's above. Miami's no joke. Yeah, they're a cut above the rest right now. It's a bunch of un- unselfish, experienced pros. They just added two ring winners in Lowry and Tucker to this team who know how to play. Jimmy Butler probably leading the MVP race right now. Tyler and, Hero looks like he's found yeah. his role as that sixth man. Give it I mean, to how Jack. many? Give it to Jack Hale. He called it sixth man of the year. Tyler Hero. That was me, dog. That was me. He said most improved. Hale was with me. Yeah, he said most improved and then hopped on sixth man too, but I was on him as sixth man. How many teams are kicking themselves right now for not making a move on Lowry? Like, think about the Mavericks after they just got whooped by the heat. What do they have to be thinking internally? Like, damn, we really could have had that guy and we didn't make a move? Dude. The Mavericks need to be more aggressive. I don't know how to. I don't know how to say it. They've been dumped bluntly. by the good teams so far this year, and I don't know what they expected. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I still think anytime you got Luca out there healthy, you're going to be a threat. But what do you expect to change running that same damn unit out there that you pretty much had for the last two or three years? <laughs> like, what's going to change? You think Jason Kidd's going to figure it out? I'm in agreement. Um, yeah, hero. Will probably win six man of the year. He's scoring over 22 a night off the bench, running that second unit. This team is going to get Victor Oladipo back at some point. If you can get anything from him, great. That's just more depth. Him and Hero off the bench, dude. One two punch. That would be, be solid. Even if you get 70 or 80% of what Oladipo was at his peak. Right. The, the question here was, though, can they go seven games with Brooklyn? I had to ask you. Yeah. How many guys from the Nets roster are you taking before you just go all Heat players? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely taking KD. I'm KD definitely one. taking Harden, obviously. Are you taking Harden above Jimmy right now? Playoff yeah. basketball. Who would you yeah. rather have? Whose playoff resume is better? I think it depends on my roster, obviously. But if we're just talking... Put them side by side. Who would I rather have on a team? I think I'd rather go Harden. In the playoffs? Give me Jimmy Butler. 
I don't it's know, close. Jimmy hasn't been able to score when he needs to to win some big games. I think the defense is awesome. The leadership's awesome. But at the end he of the day, hard to put the ball in the, the basket. Lakers. Sure, one game. In one game. He's had, he's had moments, but there's also been big games and elimination games where his back's been against the wall, and his team has needed him to carry them offensively, and he hasn't been up for it. I think his resume is better. But the big... It's close. It's very close. We're splitting hairs here. I think you could make right. solid arguments for both. After that, After give that, me like four I'm gonna guys take Bam. off the heat. Yeah, I'm going to take a couple heat guys there, and then I'm probably going to take Patty Mills. And then after that, I'm yeah, taking, I'm taking some more heat, guys. I'm taking Bam. I'm taking Lowry. I'm taking P.J. Tucker over Patty Mills. I'm taking Tyler Hero over Patty Mills. I like Patty. Yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Harris is in there too. I think I'd maybe rather have him than Hero in playoff basketball. No, I, no. I don't. I don't know. I know no, Hero no, no, had no, the no. rookie year, but like, I'm not gonna read too deep into that just yet. You would rather have Joe Harris than Tyler Hero. Depends Did on my you team. say that right? Depends on my Am team. Am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, there's a chance. My point being, the Nets are extremely top-heavy. I don't know yeah, if Kyrie know is ever going to come back. The new mayor might change the COVID laws today. in New York City. That would be a godsend for the Nets, but I'm actually concerned about them. I'm not. They started a little bit slow, but they figured it out. They have a lot of new guys or guys that are in slightly different roles. They're still figuring it out. Like Bruce Brown didn't even play opening night in meaningful yeah, minutes. He's getting in the mix now. Steve Nash has said it. They're trying to figure out what they got. They're playing the long game. They don't give a shit about regular season wins. As long as they're not in the play-in, gets the playoffs semi-healthy, everyone's going to be scared of them. So I'm not okay. concerned at all. They're going to figure it out. They're going to be fine. And some of these veterans like Paul Millsap are going to get a little more comfortable. Patty Mills is going to continue to do his thing. They're going to start to gel more. They're going to start to learn how each other play and really get going. And we're going to see Harden start to pick it up more and more. He's getting a lot better. I think we might get to something on him later, so I won't dive too deep into it. But I think no Kyrie. This is a seven-game series and a coin flip on who comes out. I think with Kyrie, you still would have to be crazy to say you think Miami could beat them. I think you've got to go Nets if Kyrie is there. Kyrie's there. I would pick them crazy to say that the Heat couldn't beat them, though. That's a stretch. I don't think it would go more than five games if all three of them are there for the Nets and healthy. Here's one that I really want to talk about. I have some spins on it. Okay. It is James Harden, Trey Young, Dame, your guy Book, these stars that are struggling out the jump here. Yeah. It's going to continue all season long because of the way games are being officiated now. Cap or no cap? I think it's total cap. <laughs> total James cap. Harden like, could not be any more cappery involved in this one. Harden, granted, I don't have tonight's numbers in front of me, but the previous two games, he'd gone to the line 22 times. One of those games, he got there 16 or 17 times. He shot at 55% from the field over his last couple, and he has really started to get it going and make adjustments. Dame has struggled, but Dame was never one of those jump into you all the time, kind of draw the foul, Trey Young, Harden. He's got a little bit of that, but he is not quite that reliant on that part of his game, getting to the free throw line. He's just struggled shooting it. It's simple as that. He's having a hard time knocking the three ball down, and it's showing. I mean, he's shooting like 25% from three. I don't have that number in front of me, but it's something in that ballpark. He struggled again tonight. 
I don't think it has anything to do with the way the game's being officiated. I think he's just off to a slow start and their roster's not that good. And Trey Young, he had 11 free throw attempts the other night. He's really started to pick up the points per game, pick up the field goal percentage. He's going to be just fine. I know he bitched and moaned and made that comment about guys' numbers are down, but everything is going to correct. These guys are the best of the best. They're not just going to fall off into irrelevance. They're going to make adjustments. They're going to figure it out. And then I also think that the NBA has come out really strong in emphasizing this, and maybe they chill out a little bit as the season goes on and aren't as on top of it because they're really trying to send a message out now. So I'm going, it's total cap. Okay. I'm going to scale it back. Or I think the refs will scale it back a little bit. And let me throw out some league-wide trends Numbers the are the first down. few weeks here. Numbers are down a little bit. These are as of Monday morning. 18 teams are shooting less than 34% from three. For the first time in a very long time, you're better off shooting twos than threes. This is what Kirk Goldsberry became famous for. Sprawl Ball, the book. If you've never heard of it, check it out. It, it details the whole entire three-point revolution. Guys aren't hitting right now. I don't know if you want to blame the ball or what. No, I think part of it is everyone knows the three ball is the bread and butter in the name of the game. So I think teams over the offseason have started to kind of adjust their defensive game plan and scheming to try and limit three-point attempts or at least open three-point attempts. I think a lot of teams at this point would rather give up a layup or dunk than an open three. And I think that that's just kind of just natural. Closing out, yeah, I don't further. Yeah, and I think that they're if you beat me, okay, fine. I'd rather give you a two than let you hit a pull-up three in my face. And I think that that's just part of the game adjusting and maybe officiating has a teensy tiny bit to do with it, but what are guys jumping into people and drawing fouls or getting the ticky tacky stuff that doesn't relate to three point percentage, you know, like I don't see where the correlation would be there. Yeah. I, I have noticed like the other night, OG Ananobi caught the ball in the corner. Dude came out really hard on him. Just blew by dunk. I was like, Hmm, maybe he just didn't want to give him the corner three. The easiest. I think that's it. And also, you know, if someone blows by me in the corner, there's probably going to be someone that can help and maybe prevent never let your man drive baseline. You know, this it's a different game dog. I think, I think the rule is you don't give up an open three in the corner. I think a lot of coaches would say, let him go baseline. If it means he's not going to hit the three. Okay. Here are, here are other few numbers. League-wide free throw attempts down 10%. Now, there is a correlation there. There's a, and I think that's pretty accurate. Like 10%, yeah, that sounds about right. Cut down on all of the guys that were going out of their way to draw the foul shooting. Yeah, 10% sounds right. We've seen a huge decline in shooting fouls on shots from greater than 15 feet. That's one of the rules they did away with this year. Yep. Um, scoring being down, I think it's less fouls equals less stoppages, less rest. Guys are getting more tired. That's true. People aren't shooting the ball well. And the last thing I wanted to bring up was the Euro foul. Have yeah. you seen this? Yeah, they're finally looking into it. I mean, Jeff Van Gundy it came out today, be, actually. Yeah, Jeff Van Gundy has to be just freaking, I mean, his life's mission is now a success. Every other broadcast, he brings up how stupid he thinks he is and calls it out every time. And he's right. 
I mean, it's almost the same thing as a clear path foul. You're stopping a break and transition for the other team because you're going to give up a bucket and you know it. Right. That's Jackson just explained it. If you didn't know what the Euro foul was, miss a shot. Foul, as it is also yeah. called. Yes. You might have one guy back on defense. It doesn't really matter. Transition. Foul him at half court. Teams are being coached to do it, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that everyone should know to do. And if you were to have the opportunity to stop a break with a take foul and don't, you're probably getting chewed out by your coach. The reason it's called the Euro foul is because in FIBA and the Euro League, if you do this, it's two shots in the ball back for the other team. Which so, was dope in the Olympics. I wouldn't mind seeing that adopted by the NBA. because I hope it is adopted. I mean, it's just going to make the flow of the game better. Right, and like the one of the best parts of the NBA product is transition plays, alley oops. Some of the when greatest Neil LeBron dunked. moments are from transition. The NBA can't afford to to not do away with this. It's going to hurt agree. the product, and it's also going to speed up games because there's probably six, seven, eight of those take fouls on the average night. And you get the TV timeouts in there a lot of times when that happens. And you might save yourself 10 to 15 minutes of game time on average if you get rid of those. Absolutely. I think the rule changes have been a net positive uh, for the most part. Absolutely. Fix this. I don't have a lot of confidence in them doing it during the season, unfortunately. Just get it done. Get it done and I don't have anything to bitch and moan about. I'll be really happy with the NBA product. Dude, if if they did away with it midseason, I think that'd be sick. Just come back from the all-star break and say we're done. Yeah. Shit, I mean. Be pretty dope. Would it be problematic? I don't, I don't know why it would be that big of a deal. Yeah, you just kind of need an off-season and really get your weird trained and all on the same page. Yeah. All right, let's keep it moving here. Last one I've got for you. Cap or no cap, the Golden State Warriors are a top four seed in the West. I'm going no cap. I love it. A soft, love it. a soft no cap. Ah, okay. Okay. Still tell me. There you were number one in the West through two weeks. They're half a game back from the Jazz now. Number four in net rating. Fifth in defense. And you have to remember when the Warriors had their run, you know, 16 through 19 or whatever, the defense was not the hallmark because obviously you have the Splash Brothers, but it was top 11 or better top five a couple of those Once years they got kd and he really bought in on the defensive end yeah they were i mean they were i think at one even point they, were, they were number one in offense and number one in defense or something like that like they were just freaking unbelievably phenomenal they finished five one year they finished two one year and i think they got the guys to do it i mean andrew wiggins for all the crap he's got like in the start of his there. career he brings an element that is valuable to them. Obviously, Draymond is going to be in the DPOY discussion every season. Clay will come back. That was one of the talking points I had for you. What percent do you think he'll be at when he gets back? How long do you think it will take to kick the rust off? I think it would be stupid to make any guesses or assumptions because truthfully and honestly, no one knows. Clay doesn't even know, probably. I mean, this dude's coming off two of the most severe injuries back-to-back that you can suffer in sports, and right when he got back to full health or close to it, he had the other one. So he might never be the same. Just realistically, he might not be able to move laterally hardly at all. I don't know. He might not be a good defender 
whatsoever. I hope he is. I hope he's not a shell of himself, but it happens. I mean, sometimes guys have an Achilles or an ACL and don't come back the same. I've never seen someone have them back to back. So look at what happened to Marcus Cousins. Now, I think Clay's got a little bit better headspace and maybe even go as far as say work ethic. <laughs> can't even Marcus compare Cousins, those two. I mean, Boogie had a lot of those really just freak He's also injuries. A seven foot near right. 300 pounds. A lot there. of different variables there, but there's just nothing you can really compare this clay thing to. And so I think if you get him at even 75, 80% of what he used to be, and he still shoots the ball the same, it's a huge win. I think he might struggle offensively, like getting into rhythm when he gets ah, back. That jumper's water, man. I think he'll be fine. I was going to say, I don't have any concern about him. Big picture. None. You think he's going to be okay? You saw how he responded to not being included in the top 75. That's all I you need to hungry, know but about At the Clay end of the day, Thompson. my dog. At the end of the day, your body is your body. And like, yeah, mind over matter. But if the dude can't move laterally, I don't know what to tell you. I can't wait to watch this suit. He's been one of my favorite players since he he's, entered the league. He's getting kind of close. He's he's getting there. It he's, might be. There's been some videos surfacing. He looks like he's he could be maybe a month and a half. Maybe we get the Christmas Day debut. A couple we more months. I think by mid-January, early February, he's 1,000% back on the court playing meaningful minutes. They have like 10 guys I trust, which is crazy. And that's not including Clay or James Wiseman, who I think will be a bit better this season. It'll be so much better because the offense is going to be so much more free flowing. They're not going to have to spoon feed him touches to get him offense. Not, not only when you've that. got Steph and Clay and all these guys that can shoot pool and be and Draymond out there looking for you. They're going to be easy looks for him. And he's athletic enough that he can switch on to people if he is spatially aware enough and defensively in can the right places, sped? essentially. He was getting sped up last year. Yeah, he's yes. got the athleticism to be great on both ends. It's just a matter of getting the jitters out and getting the rookie out of him. Yeah, he has been cleared to practice. There's no timetable on him yet, but I would expect him to return in the next month or so. And yeah, like they're not going to spoon feed him anything. It's not going to matter, though. There's going to be zero pressure on him like there was last season. It's perfect, perfect scenario for him. They say fit matters so much for guys entering the league. It didn't really. It wasn't a fit last year. I think it kind of is this year whether you disagree or not. Uh, but 10 guys, dude. Bielitsa, Looney's been there before. Porter, you got Juan T. D. and up. Damian Lee knocking down Trey Bombs. Jordan Poole is making the leap we talked about. They just got guys who I respect out there on the floor. So top four seed, no cap. Yeah, they're no joke, man. They are no freaking joke. I'm excited to watch them the rest of the season. All right, last cap or no cap, hit me with what you got here. Okay, this is kind of a BS one, but let's have some fun with it. The Wizards aren't a fluke. Cap or no cap? No cap. I like this Oh No, no, you know I'm big on Dinwiddie. You saw, he's been good, man. He's someone that can get you 20 points, five assists, 
five rebounds on a consistent basis. He can play on ball. He can play off ball. He's a decent defender, good enough to the point where he's not going to be exposed and you're not going to have a problem playing him and Beal together at the end of games. And then they also have some depth now. You got KCP who can actually shoot it and defend. You got a guy like Kuzma who now has no pressure and looks like the pre-LeBron Lakers Kuzma that everyone thought he was going to be when LeBron came over. board man. Yeah, dude, he's freaking hitting the glass. Board man gets paid. <laughs> they look good, and they are deep, and I think that they are going to be 500 or better. I think they're at least in the play, on, or play in, and maybe they get a six seed or somehow get hot and get a five. The East is going to be competitive, dude. But I think this Wizards team is legit if they stay healthy. And I like some of their young bigs, too. I know they've had some injury concern and Gafford's banged up right now. But I like their roster and think, you know, about 1-12, to 12, they're pretty freaking good. Yeah, I think they're a playing team for sure. But the East is pretty loaded in the middle-of-the-pack piece here. I mean... It's look gonna at be the tough. standings right now. I don't know who's good and who's not, but I'm with you on those additions from the Lakers trade. Those guys have a chip on their shoulder. LeBron essentially said, you're not good enough to play with me. And Kuzma and Harrell are putting up double-doubles every single night. KCP, great wing defender. And they got two really good scorers toting the rock. So, yeah, I'm on board. They got Bertans and Corey Kispert, who are both flamethrowers, coming off the bench, and they're barely even playing because the other guys are producing so much. They're deep. Bertans and they're without... getting 17 minutes a night. They're paying him well, he sucks. What, $26 that was a million deal. a year. That was a bad deal. Um. Okay. Harold is bald. He looks good. He looks like the old Clippers Montrez we were used to seeing. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to get a top seven seed. When you look at the East, man, the Raptors are six and three. They're up there on the league pass rankings for me. Yeah, they're weirdly interesting. They're very intriguing with Scotty Barnes and Delano Banton, Nebraska ball, playing a lot. <laughs> Weird thing there. He's he's playing and Goran Dragic is not in the rotation. Yeah. Dragic is about done, it looks like. Just sad to see. Love Goran, but Yeah, it might not be anything left in the tank there. No, Raptors are pretty spicy, though. There's a lot of ball left to be played, man. A whole lot of freaking ball. And like you were saying, the East is going to be fun to watch because it's going to be a roller coaster. I mean, there's two teams who I don't think have a chance at the play-in. Everybody else, you could tell me anything. Who are the two teams? The Magic and the Pistons. I would have to agree with you. Let me see if there's another one. No, there's not, because I the Cavs and the Hornets have I been the, interesting. The Pacers, I don't think they're going to get in there, but they're still competitive. They could beat anybody. That's a weird organization. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they they got to do something with Turner or Sabonis. They just don't work together. I still believe in Rick Car- Carlisle to turn it around a bit. It's early. Yeah, we'll see. I just don't think they have the talent. All right, man, any other final thoughts before we peace out of here? Yeah, next Tuesday, the Jayhawks play. Oh, God, I forgot who we play. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. Great part. You We've been talking. Be that excited. We've been talking for an hour and a half right here. Um, God, I think it's Smarty. 
I'm not cutting this. I'm leaving this in there. This is bad. You're getting exposed. This is bad. I had it written down. God dang it. It's probably Kentucky or Michigan State or one of the teams that are always in that tournament to start the it's year. It's the Champions Classic. It's the Blue Bloods. Duke. I want to say, yeah, Michigan State. Is it Michigan State? I don't know. 20 minutes later. I don't know either. Yeah, Michigan State. Michigan State. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm taking Michigan State just because of this right here. That's going to be a really bad bet. (laughs) Is Michigan State down this year? Uh, they got, they got one recruit I got my eye on, Max Christie. He's a wing. Is Bates going to be a freshman this year or is he next year? Well, he went to Memphis, so he's going to be a freshman, but not oh, from shit, Michigan Oh, shit, that's State. right. I was thinking he was going to We're going to leave this in, by the Damn way. Damn. <laughs> hey, I told you I'm punning on college basketball this year. KU Michigan State, Kentucky, Duke. We're going to talk more about this on the next episode because there's some guys to watch. Ty Ty Washington, remember the name. All right, y'all know the drill. Give us that five-star rating. Throw us a like on social media. We would appreciate it, and we will be back Monday. Yeah, we'll say Monday. (laughs) Peace.